TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! hear the sound of those sirens that can only mean one thing thank y'all for listening to another edition of the outsider's edge podcast here on the chair shot radio network this is still not your boy rance aka ray cash he is still out doing adult things this is your boy mr kyle moores and i am joined once again by our wonderful friend and family member mr darren mags kirkby how you doing sir yeah, glad to be back. Got the uh, got the call again, and I was like, "Yeah, I get to be an outsider." Woo, woo, woo. Beep, beep, I mean, beep. the last time you were on the show, you were talking about how you needed to be on the show more. So you know, I'm a man of the people. I like to try to please the people. So I thought I'd bring you back in because, like, if Rance might be away, Carl might be away. But man, the rest of the world still keeps moving, and like all kinds of shit went down again this week. We had some really good wrestling. We had some not so good wrestling. We've got some laws going on, and we've got some terrible, terrible people. Um, yes, we have. So there's no real like perfect place to start. So we're just gonna start with the shitty thing, and then we'll move on from there. So over the week. Michael Elgin was arrested again for violating a protective order against his ex-fiance. This order of protection was filed on May 21st of 2021 by his ex-fiance, whose name in this article, this is from WrestlingNews.co, just the article talking about the incident, the protect order of protection was filed on 52121 by his fiance Alex, his ex-fiance, um, filed for her safety after she claimed she was being abused physically, mentally, verbally, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. The article goes on to talk about how she had a plan to leave a few times before, but always backed out from fears. Since I had left, I have received hundreds of phone calls, hundreds of text messages. Numerous videos and suicide threats from him. He has also reached out to my friends and family. Whenever I or someone has reached out to block him, he uses the free text calling apps to make a fake number and continues calling and texting. Sometimes saying it's him, sometimes pretending to be other people. I've asked him not to contact me numerous times. 
And when we're talking about some like really fucked up abuse shit, like some of the abuses listed in this report, punishment for saying no to sex, berating verbally in public and in private, isolating from family and friends, monitoring the phone and computer, sexual caretaking, pressure to engage in sex acts. The the big one, exposing my sexual health by seeing male and female sex workers during our relationship. Yes. Like, this man groomed, abused, and then used this woman. And it's not like this wasn't a pattern because uh, way before the whole kind of speaking out uh, uh, hashtag uh, took took um, took form, he was uh, he was involved in the 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 incident with uh, Sean. Uh, I think his name was Orleon, um, where he essentially covered up um, sexual assault. Uh, because Sean was one of his boys. Um, he also then tried to intimidate this woman uh, who uh, was uh, accusing uh, Sean of, of these uh, these uh, crimes into having sex with him. Uh, and then there was a, another report by a, an, uh, a woman who he was uh, essentially having an affair with uh, uh, behind his wife's back, who, who said pretty much, Every single kind of a um, um, uh, control method by uh, Michael Elgin was was put on her that she would be punished for saying uh, no to sex. That he wouldn't he would wanted it to be casual, uh, but she wasn't allowed to have any other sexual partners. Partners, and yet he was still allowed to go home and enjoy his his uh, his uh, family life. That she was monitored uh, through her phone. That she was isolated away from her friends and family. So this is a pattern by a, um, a habitual sexual predator. Well, and his apparently his ex-wife has also cooperated a lot of this stuff. The article, again, this is from WrestlingNews.co. Um, the article goes on to detail that um, his ex-wife, Rachel, can corroborate a lot of the things that she has reported that he had been behaving in terms of the suicide threats and the manipulation and the controlling. She also said, this is another direct quote from her in this article, I respect everyone's sexuality, but it should be noted that men and women are people he goes after. Not only women. The warning is for everyone. And that is important to note because at the end of the day, it's not about his sexuality. Nobody gives a shit if Mike Elgin is bisexual. Nobody cares. Um, But... He's a big fucking dude and a pro athlete and a serial sexual predator, as we've just talked about. And, like, he could do a lot of really fucked up things to people. He could overpower a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is all about. Sexual abuse is never about sex. It's always about power. Control. Yeah. And this is classic abuser tactics. Um, You've left me, so now I'm going to threaten to kill myself, and now I'm going to you know, habitually harass you every minute of every day until you take me back. And, like, I want, first of all, I want Alex from the article, the woman in question, I want her to never have to hear from this man ever again. 
That's the first thing I want. I want her to never hear his name again. And as far as Mike Elgin goes, Aaron Froebel, like, that's his actual name. As far as he goes, like, fuck prison. I just want this man to get help. Yes, he he clearly needs it. Uh, If he um, has to abuse his his position and his power uh, for his sexual gratification, um, there is there is massive massive issues in in, the, in his head and he needs to get some get, he needs to get some sexual counseling it's as simple and clear as that if he feels he has to uh overpower and intimidate his sexual partners there there's a massive disconnect there um it and the fact that it's more than one person the fact that people are saying that this is happening time and time again the fact that he's using emotional physical and um, um mental blackmail to um to uh intimidate and control these people it's it's incredibly worrying especially in this this day and age where more and more people are feeling brave enough to come out with stories like this to hear that this person has has done this before and it kind of flew under the radar and was still booked by major companies uh and was still in allowed to big positions not just yes. booked by major companies but like he's a multiple time never open weight champion mm-hmm. he's a multiple time champion in ring of honor he was given huge positions of prominence in every company that he ever worked for and I'm not blaming the companies necessarily for that because I don't know who knew what and when they knew it and how much they knew it and what they knew. But just the fact that like it's been a pattern for a really long time for someone who had a lot of power within the industry and could abuse that power. Yes. And it's, it's just really gross. And I, The other thing that's worrying about it from my perspective, like I used to teach a lot about, or I used to teach a law education class. And one thing that you learn when you look at domestic violence and domestic abuse situations like this, this kind of behavior ends really badly. Yeah. If if it's not handled very quickly by the police, this kind of stuff ends really 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 badly these are the kinds of situations where people get murdered yeah i mean the if he doesn't get the 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 reply that he's looking for it will escalate and it'll start uh small with the with the threats and uh uh uh, the suicide um uh accusations things like that and then when that doesn't have its effect he has to go he has to one-up that to make sure he keeps that pressure on so then it turns into physical violence and then that physical violence gets bigger and bigger to the point where it, it it becomes like you said it becomes a homicide yeah so like get help like mm-hmm. you're a gross disgusting person and i never want you to wrestle ever again but like get help yeah i can't agree any harder than that and for for all his victims just know uh you are believed you are supported and you are loved um and stay away from this man uh don't be uh intoxicated by his size and don't be uh dragged in with uh with his stories of the wrestling business because he's he's dangerous in this form now he's a very very dangerous man absolutely absolutely um that's really all we've got to say on that one there is no 
journalism segue out of that topic. We just we needed to start with that. We needed to get it out. We needed to say, you know, get help, dude. Like, you're gross. Get fucking help. And again, to the victims, you know, we believe you. We support you. Like, we are so sorry that you were exposed to that. Yes. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. We're going to shift gears here. Uh, We're going to move into a topic that's not necessarily directly related to wrestling, but it could have an interesting impact on wrestling. And we wanted to talk a little bit about it. So President Biden issued an executive order this week um, going after non-compete agreements. Um, So I'm reading an article from NPR dated January the 9th. As part of the sweeping executive order, Biden is asking the Federal Trade Commission to ban or limit such agreements which restrict where you can work after leaving a job. The move is part of a larger push from the administration to promote competition and remove barriers that stymie economic growth. The White House argues that non-competes drive down wages by making it harder for workers to switch to better paying jobs. Meanwhile, businesses who support the use of non-compete agreements say they are vital for protecting trade secrets and investments. Okay. So let's kind of, again, that's not directly related to wrestling, but let's kind of talk about the way that it is. We know that non-compete agreements are something that the WWE has engaged in over Mm -hmm. the last couple of decades. And there's some history behind that. And for those of you that are maybe our younger listeners don't really understand that history in that context really all you need to know is the nwo that's really all you need to know scott hall and kevin nash had their contracts coming up due they knew that vince couldn't pay them as much as turner was willing to pay them at the time because at the time turner was basically just writing blank checks to people um and so while they were both at the height of their popularity and the tops of the card and the upper mid card as Diesel and Razor Ramon, they dipped the fuck out and showed up on Nitro. Mm -hmm. Almost while telling Vince that they were going to re-sign. Yeah. And then they showed the fuck up and made it seem kayfabe, you know, made it look like they were invading. Mm -hmm. And we all know how the NWO stuff played out. But 
that shit mattered because Vince saw that happen and Vince was just like, all right, that can't that can't happen anymore. I can't have that happened. Alundra Blaze showed up with the WWF Women's Championship and dropped it in a trash can yeah, on had- Nitro. We had Lex Luger who appeared, uh, I think it was at SummerSlam, and then the the Nat after appeared on uh, the very first Natural. Uh, now, there... WWF benefited from it as well. Let's not, mm-hmm. you know, say that what's good for the goose was good for the gander. Big Show emerging out of the ring mm-hmm. at Bad Blood. Um, Jericho debuting in the summer of 99. Um, the Radicals all coming in basically the night after WCW tried to convince Benoit to stay by giving him the title. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that shit was WWF benefiting from it as well. But the point was what they learned from that experience was that it was not good for them to have talents who had just been on TV the day before or the week before, or just been on pay-per-view showing up on their competitors' product the very next week. Mm -hmm. So they started implementing these 90-day non-compete clauses that we all know about now. The idea being, if we get rid of you, you're frozen for three months, and whatever momentum you might have had at the time is cooled off considerably. Correct. Out of sight, out of mind, so that when you debut, it's not nearly as hot as it could have been. Yep. Um, we don't really have a lot uh, of contract issues like that here in the UK. Uh, the biggest uh, one we have is is what is called uh, zero-hour contracts, where uh, you're essentially employed by a company, but they don't have to guarantee you uh, the work. So they can uh, say that um, essentially you are their employee, but you aren't going to get any pay because you have no work to do. Uh, that's a, a big issue that uh, the UK government is trying to uh, to clamp down on. But uh, this whole kind of being tied to a company for a set amount of days once you've uh, once you've um, uh, finished uh, your your contract with them, that's that's not a thing here in the UK. So it's it's very kind of jarring to see that be a thing in the wrestling business. It's it's just a good example of American capitalism is really predatory. <laughs> Like it just it just is. I, I teach American history. American capitalism is historically very predatory. And we find every loophole in the book to empower the company and depower the worker. Uh, right down to the WWF still calls them independent contractors so that they don't have to provide them with full employment benefits. And yet they can't uh, as an Take independent bookings they can't from book anywhere else. else. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that's in, why it, the label is bullshit. That is why I forever hate the label. You know, Rance and I have had lots of debates on, well, if they become employees, certain things would change and blah, blah, blah. And I get the point that he tries to, that he's trying to make, and I won't put words in his mouth. But for me, it's always been bullshit because if I'm an independent contractor, I should be able to do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. I mean, that that gives you the same kind of status as a, a builder or as uh, a plumber or an electrician where you go house to house or building to building or contract to contract and do the work and then move on somewhere else. The fact that you are tied to one company means you are an employee. If you can't go and search out work somewhere else, you are an employee of that company. 
Yeah, if I'm not allowed to, and, and like not just can't seek out work, within the last year and a half, we've seen they're not allowed to generate revenue from Twitch. They're not allowed mm -hmm. to generate revenue from Cameo. YouTube and Cameos and all these other streams using their, um, the, na the names that WWE is copyrighted. And like they basically, WWE copyrights their names. Like all, and I understand from a marketing standpoint why a business would do that. But again, you're, that means you're not an independent contractor. Correct. You're an employee. Mm -hmm. um, but if the government were to eliminate non-compete clauses as a matter of law and were to say that that cannot happen anymore, that could open up some possibilities within wrestling that might, if nothing else, it might make WWE and AEW as the two biggest companies more, not necessarily hesitant, but more deliberate about who they will and won't release and when they will do so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, especially if you've got uh, huge names uh, whose contracts are coming up, I think you would find that WWE and AEW uh, are more uh, aggressive in, in locking down those talents to longer term contracts uh, rather than, uh, than let the wrestlers go. Or if a wrestler is coming into the final year of his contract and it's looking likely that they're not going to re-sign, that wrestler disappears for the rest of their contract and they turn up on Dark Elevation or they turn up on uh, 205 Live or Main Event uh, because the company is still wanting to kill their momentum and kill their, their heat. Yeah. Uh, if you can't say to them, Right, you can't work anywhere else for 90 days and you can literally finish here one day and then go and work for another company the next day. You ain't going to work here. You're just going to sit at home. So essentially, they're, they're on a no, a no complete clause. It's just that they won't be working for the period of, of time that they've got left on the contract. And yeah, I could see that. I could see them paying people to sit at home. Creative I mean, has nothing for creative has they nothing essentially for you. Do, I mean, they essentially do that now. Uh, yeah. How many wrestlers do you, do you see on Raw and SmackDown and how many have they got on the books? Uh, plenty of wrestlers have been essentially paid uh, uh, a downside guarantee to twiddle the thumbs at home. And the the article that you that you linked, um, I, I've just read further down, and the oh, sandwich it's, it's company... Yeah, the sandwich company, Jimmy John's, a sandwich company, yeah. had no non-compete clauses. Uh, which prohibited sandwich uh, staff who make subs from, yeah, from working subs in another within shop. A three that's, mile radius. That's that's mental. That How is, is that a thing? Predator. Mags, you're talking about a company or a company. You're talking about a country where healthcare is not guaranteed to the people, and an ambulance could cause a bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's scandalous. You're talking about a company or a company. You're talking about a country where I, as a school teacher, have to buy my own supplies. Wow. I mean, Britain is in a hell of a mess, uh, politically, socio-economically. Uh, socio but if there's one thing that I would never leave Britain for, it's the fact that our health service is free. Uh, if I am in an accident or I uh, break a bone, it's not going to cost me hundreds of thousands of pounds to, to get that fixed. Uh, an ambulance costs me nothing to take me to hospital. It's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's with insurance. Mental. With insurance, an ambulance yeah. ride can cost you eight hundred dollars American. 
Jesus. I mean, we have a the only thing that we really have to pay for in terms of healthcare is is uh, like dental. Uh, that's usually not covered by uh, national health. Uh, and then prescriptions, uh, but you pay like ten pounds per prescription, which has about which can cover like five, six different medications. Uh, oh, depending on the insurance, depending on the insurance you have, Mags, in the United States, you pay a what's called a copay of like forty bucks every time you go to the doctor. Jesus, just I, to I'm... go, and that's just for them to see you. That's before they do anything. And it doesn't cover the cost of the things that they actually did. That's I, I, I just can't get my head around it having to cost you money to go to a doctor. Healthcare That's, is the healthcare is the number one number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States. Healthcare is the number one cause of bankruptcy. That should not be a thing. Being ill should not mean that you are destitute. It's also why, well, I mean, it's why our country, you know, the things that people most frequently die from are preventable things like mm-hmm. heart disease, diabetes. Um, a cold. Uh, well, colds, it's why people get, that's why people find cancers in the later stages is because they just don't have access to that shit. Mm-hmm. We, they can't afford it. Um which is why I think that it's bullshit that the wrestlers aren't considered employees because, like, they should have insurance that's provided. Not, And I'm not talking, oh, you hurt yourself in the ring so you get some workman's comp. Like, yeah, you're goddamn right. If I tore my ACL on your time, on your dime, you're going to pay for me to get it fixed and to rehab it. Duh. That's how laws work. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about if I got to sniffles, I should be able to go. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it seems uh, from an outsider's point of view that these contracts are must be inherently illegal. Well, no, but, so they they that only sounds that way to you because you are used to the labor system of your nation. I assure yeah, you, I suppose, yeah. I assure you, um, we have things called we have states that have what are called right to work laws, Mags, and a right to work law means I live in a state that has right to work laws. It means the employer doesn't have to give a reason to fire you. Wow. They can fire you at any time for any reason or I mean, no we, reason at all. We literally have the opposite. Uh, after after you've been with an employer for a set amount of time, it's usually like two years. Uh, they need a damn good reason to to fire you, and there's even uh, there's even legislation in place to how far a, a company can punish you for uh, for um, issues within the workplace. So you have like uh, verbal warnings, then written warnings, and then final warnings, and and then termination. But if the company doesn't follow that that um, that uh, legislation to the letter, you can take that company to court, and you can get uh, you can get uh, unfair dismissal uh, compensation. Oh, yeah. No, the way that releases work with wrestling companies is pretty much the way that the labor market works in the United States. You can be fired from a job basically at any time with very little warning, unless you live in a state that has a union for your particular place of employment. That that seems mental. Yeah, it is. It is. The United States is pretty fucked up, man. We're uh, not always the best country, no matter how much Cody Rhodes tries to pretend we are. Um, 
So, uh, but no, the end of nine competes could still be a big deal, though, because you think about people being able to get their release and immediately show up somewhere that potentially makes a huge impact. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, think about bigger names. Think about how much more of an impact Malachi Black has had because when he was released and they let him out of his 90-day non-compete, he had literally just been on TV like the week before. Mm -hmm. Uh, So everybody knew he was back. It was fresh. He was hot. He was somebody that the people had wanted to see anyway. And that shit is hot. He got a huge pop. And and but his uh, release and his no complete was actually, uh, according to uh, to reports, was an accident. He should have been on an anti-day uh, um, re- uh, no complete release clause, but he was still on his NXT level deal, which Oof. is uh, uh, th- thirty days, I believe. So that's how he Oof. was able to to come over to uh, AEW so quickly. Caught him slipping. Caught him slipping. Correct. Oof, that's what happens when you get caught with your pants down. Um, but you know what? Their loss is Dynamite's game, and let's transition into Dynamite because, like, Fighter Fest Night One was pretty damn good. Mm, was uh, it was very very good. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was um, so we started the night with Mox and um, Archer. I will say the like we're not no, going to go blow it was, by uh, Mox and Anderson. Or Anderson, that's right. That's going to do Mox and Archer next week. We're not going to go blow by blow, but I wanted to bring that match up as the start because I wanted to start with the crowd was hot the entire fucking night. Mm -hmm. And there were five people that got absurd pops over the course of the night. It started with Mox. Mox obviously got the big, big one coming in through the crowd. The crowd loves Moxley anyway. So, you know, Wild Thing was playing. I still am not quite sure how I feel about that, but I'm over it at this point. Um, And so he got a big one. Then my man Ricky fucking Starks yes. got an absurd pop. And I love it, because how can you not love the Stark man? I mean, new FTW champion. Not only that, not only that, but I said this to Rance, I texted him earlier, and I'll repeat it here for y'all. Now that they got rid of Brian Cage from Team Taz, Team Taz is Team Snack. Hook, Hobbs, and Starks are fine as hell, and any one of them could get it. (laughs) That is Team Snack. All three at once. Oh, absolutely. Sign me the fuck up. But no, like, now that they got rid of Brian Cage, who is the, like, it's not that Brian Cage is hideous, but, like, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. And the, like, Stark, Hobbs, and Hook are all just, like, they're just pretty. And I don't know how I feel about uh, a Brian Cage face turn. Uh, I don't know how the crowd feels about a Brian Cage face turn because if you were paying attention to the crowd, like, yeah, they were doing the kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll boo the obvious heel shit. But other than like booing when Hobbs hit Cage in the head with the belt, like anytime Cage did something to Starks, the crowd was just like, oh, no, no, we're not about it. We're not about it. We're not about it. (laughs) And then when Stark got that three count, the roof went off. 
Yes, it did. Uh, and and he, he's got everything. I mean, he's, he's charismatic. Um, he reminds me so much of a, of a um, 2000 The Rock. He's just, you know, just I can see the vibes. I can see yeah. the vibes. He's got the charisma. And that, that theme song is a low-key bop. Mm-hmm. That theme song is a low-key bop. Um, but no, he got a huge pop. Obviously, as we all knew it would be, the pop of the night went to our boy Hangman of the Dark Order. Oh, that was such a good... Uh, I mean, this storyline has been... a great brilliant. segment. I hate the Young Bucks. It was a great segment. It was so good. Everything about it was good. Matt's promo was really great. I love that. Remember us? We were your former best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that was really good. Um, smelling his breath and saying, oh, it's, it smells like you're still hitting the bottle. Yeah, um, but I mean, they're they're going all in right down to, like, picking those gross fucking outfits just to make you, like... Detest them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are smarmy, which is why, like, it wasn't hard to get me to hate them. I hated them already. Now it works because I'm supposed to. I don't know how it's going to work when they want me to cheer for them because, nah, they're just smarmy pricks. I don't like them. And then you have the Dark Order having... Um, having Hangman back. back. Like, then, go ahead. And then Paige finally realizing that he's got a, a team that love him for who he is rather than having to kind of like live up to um, uh, an ideology like the, like the elite. And he... Ready to uh, face his biggest fear. Mm-hmm. He's ready yep. to face his fear of failure because he's with his friends who fail all the time, and it's okay. Yes, it doesn't matter. They'll still love you, or uh, they'll still have your back, whether you win, lose, or draw. And uh, this is the storyline that we built. This has got to be the biggest match in AEW history. Definitely. Um, and here's what I want us to talk about, because the you know not next week, but probably the week that I will be live in the crowd. In Charlotte, North Carolina, they're going to do 5v5, the Elite versus the Dark Order, mm-hmm. elimination style. We obviously know who the five is for the Elite, Kenny, the Bucks, and the Good Brothers. Um, who are the four they're going to put with Hangman? Okay, which so... members of the Dark Order? It's one of the two tag teams, so like, which tag team? Yeah, because uh, just just to continue the story, Hangman, if they win the match, Hangman is guaranteed a title match against Kenny, but uh, one of the Dark Order tag teams is also guaranteed a title match against the Bucks. So there is a lot of uh, big names and, 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 and huge characters in there. Because um, yeah. obviously All Out is going to be the Dark Order's coronation. Mm-hmm. Evil Uno will become the TNT champion. Fucking... Johnny Hungy and Alex Reynolds will take the tag title. It's, they've Hangman got to be there. Hangman will win the world title. And Chicago will lose their fucking shit because we, the AEW audience, love the Dark Order. I mean, remember when they couldn't stand the Dark Order, when the Dark Order was the worst thing no, that AEW... Brody Lee rescued that shit. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace to our big homie Brody. Brody rescued that shit. He made it funny and serious at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then his tragic passing generated a massive wave of goodwill because they're also all incredibly likable. 
I mean, every single one of them, even the even the masked ones uh, have so much character. So for me, the five would be Paige, obvious. Uh, the recruitment specialists have to be in there because they're, they're the two biggest stars. Uh, then I don't know. Ask- Evil Uno has the best Twitter. Yeah, Evil Uno is quite good. But would you put Evil Uno in and then Stu, or would you go with five and ten? For me, I love five and ten. See, um, I'm not even sure if there. I'm not sure I would put two tag teams. I think I would put if it Uno were me. Uno Colt. Yeah, if it were not Uno and Colt, if it were me, it Stu would be Page. It would be Page, Hungy, Reynolds, Ten, and Colt. They mm, like just, Preston Vance a lot. A hell of a lot. They like him a lot. He's improved a lot. He's got a lot of goodwill because he's minus one's favorite. Uh, like they like Preston a lot. If it's not Preston, I would say Stu and Colt, Studos and Colt. But either way, whichever kind of five they come up with, that's going to be a banger for a match. We, it's going to be the feel-good story of the summer. Um, yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah, the summer of the Dark Order is that. That's that's the shit that like really we're here for. Yeah, big time. That's the shit we're here for. Like shit. No, no, you know what would be even better? I, I don't know if she'll be back by then. Maybe Anna Jay can come back and win the women's title and the Dark Order oh, just takes over everything. Brilliant. I mean, I love the fact that we totally just uh, uh, covered all it all. As the feel-good yeah. feel Dark Order. But going going through just this show, we've, we've totally uh, ignored the fact that Cody came out under the shouty promo, which is good because it was Cody Lol wins. Well, it was, but like, so let's get into that really quickly. And my first comment about it is Cody continues to feel like a separate thing from the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Cody continues every right down to the shouty promo started after a match. He randomly comes out and starts screaming into a headset as if he's going to be on guest commentary or something. Yeah, it, it was straight after Ricky Starks had won the FTW yeah. town. Yeah, as soon as Taz leaves the booth, he just comes out, grabs a headset, and starts screaming into the headset about Malachi Black kicked a 62-year-old man and just shouting incessantly into the headset, working himself up. And I kept saying, as he's doing that, I kept saying, why is he screaming this into the headset and not to the, like, live fucking crowd that's here? And sure enough, you know, just a couple minutes later, he huffs down to the ring so that he can grab the microphone and continue just screaming. Mm-hmm. And it was what, what what I came away from it with was, oh, so this is one of those promos where you think that by continuing to shout, you're making... A more mo- valid point, yeah. Yeah, like you think that just by continuing to scream louder and louder and louder, that it's like emphasizing what you're trying to say and really all I'm hearing is you shouting like fucking crazy. <laughs> so then Malachi Black comes on the screen and Cody challenge eventually challenges him to, you know, come down to the ring and say it to his face. And so Malachi says, and this was a really baller ass line, a baller ass moment. He's I was hoping you say that. And the screen cuts to black, the arena goes dark and he shows up standing in the corner. <laughs> uh, that was really fucking badass. Yeah. Um, it, it, that reminded me of uh, when uh, we had the the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin feud, and uh, 
it was over the Intercontinental title, and then we got a, a, an Austin promo on, on the screen, and he says at the end of it, um, you've got to ask yourself, is this live or is this Memorex? And then Austin comes oh, through the crowd. Oh, he was a cameraman? And, yeah. Oh, no, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, he came through the crowd. Um, it it kind of reminded me that. And one thing that was so on the nose, and it, this is typical Corey, was we're talking about Malachi Black wearing black, wearing black makeup. What did Cody wear? An pure white, white three-piece suit. Yeah. Angelic, as if he's the 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 no Latin subtlety and, at no. all. Oh, it's so no on the nose. It's so on the nose. And it's just absurd because it's just like, I know your daddy raised you better than this, man. Like, you know better. This is so just like on the button, and I don't blame Malachi for this. I don't bl- and uh, another thing he did when he was shouting into the headset and I don't know I keep getting annoyed by it because it seemed to me he did the Tommy Ann Malachi Black thing again mm-hmm. and that bothered me because it seems to me that Malachi Black is putting a a whole lot of time and energy to be different to be Malachi Black and to explain to you no this is who I am now mm-hmm. this is my and so like Maybe it'll make more sense if long term they plan to go with kind of a three faces of Foley type thing and he's going to have this like split personality gimmick going on. But like for right now, I'm just like he has made it very clear that he's Malachi Black and you you just keep misnaming him. Yeah, and you keep referencing Tommy End. And Tommy End is a character that had no interaction whatsoever with uh, Cody Rhodes because... When Tommy End, Tommy End hasn't existed thing. for like what six years? Yeah, when Tommy End was a thing, Cody was deep in WWE. Uh, they kind of almost kind of uh, cross paths. They missed. Uh, they like just yeah. missed each other because so, by the time Cody went on his indie tour, um, Alistair Black was at NXT. Yeah, so, and so so him keep referring to Tommy End as if uh, they've had these wars on 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 the indie circuit and they've been great friends. It doesn't make sense. All you're doing is kind of like try to, yeah, remember, this guy was Tommy End. Yeah, Malachi Black was Tommy End. Wink. This is the guy who used to be Alistair Black. Wink, wink, wink. Speaking of him, though, in that segment, I said five people got mega pops last night. Number four was our boy Malachi Black. Yes, it was. Because when that light went, when those lights went up and he was standing there in the ring, they went banana pancakes for Malachi Black. Yes, they did. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then my fifth big pop, the other one, I mean, Darby Allen got a big pop, but fuck Darby Allen. I don't understand the appeal at all. And he's kind of a sexual predator, and I'm just not on board. But my other big pop of the night was Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. She is such a fucking star. Yeah. The the one part of this this whole promo, this segment that ruined it for me was Vicky Guerrero, the shouting at the end of it. Oh, yeah, I mean, shouting over the fact that they kept, they were shouting it as if they were talking to Britt in the mm-hmm. ring, but Britt was had like gone. She was gone. She already gone, <laughs> yeah. and it was clear that like this was not like on the Tron for her to be looking at, and that brought me to my only real criticism of the show. This is my only criticism of the show, and it's a recurring criticism that you and I have had of Dynamite in general. AEW remains all sugar all the time. 
-hmm. It is a nonstop sugar rush from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And there are times when that's okay, but there are times where it's not that it's too hard to follow. It's not too hard to follow. I, I don't understand why people think that us bringing up this sugar rush criticism is saying that it's hard to follow. It's not hard to follow. I followed everything that happened last night. But sometimes it's okay to let a segment breathe for a second. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. let it breathe. Let us take just a quick minute to process it. You know, take our emotions for, you know, a moment. And then you lo- can launch into your next thing. But the way that they do it, it it feels so seat of their pants like they're worried they're not going to get it all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... They bounce from segment to segment so quickly. And I think that's that's one thing that WWE does get right. They, they, um, they will kind of like go over uh, segments and kind of relay that information. Some, I mean, a lot of the time they do it ad nauseum to the point it gets annoying, but they do at least keep feeding you that information where on AW sometimes if you aren't fully concentrating, you're going to miss some of it. Uh, and it might be something that's that's pretty important, but they don't tend to kind of uh, backtrack and and, uh, and kind of refeed you that information because everything is so breakneck pace. It's like bang, 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 bang. Well, and it's like because it's so bang, 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 bang. One thing that I've started to notice is like I, I I've started to be able to pick apart the tropes, which you would expect after a company has been around for two years. Like you start to identify, and it's just like I've started to see some of these segments, and I'm just like. Oh, okay. So this is what they're going to do next week. Uh, okay. Okay. So this is this is the build to that. And I mean, that's good. That means they're telling the story correctly. Yeah, I mean, we we got that fairly early in the show with the the uh, proud the and powerful de- boys. Uh, oh, the proud and powerful segment was the, real good. Um, yeah that that was a that was clearly a setup to have a the tag match and and the, uh, that was good because the tag match is not next week, which means the tag match will be in North Carolina. Where it should be, because if you have a show in North Carolina and FTR is not on the card, like I will flip a table. <laughs> I mean, there are some Carolina boys. And as a Carolina boy, I will tell you, we are not here to not be given our own. But to put his ass on the show. Um, but yeah, that'll set up a really good match. Um, the Texas death match that they set up for next week. With um, Archer Archer and Mox. I think the match will be good. I won't be into it because I'm not into death matches, but it will be well done. The the first one that they had in uh, New Japan wasn't technically a death match. They called it a death match, but there wasn't a lot of death in it. Uh, There was a bit of uh, crawling over some uh, glass dust and, and some table spots, but it wasn't... Like as hardcore as some of the the Japanese death matches. Be interested to see what AEW's take on it is. Um, but the the one segment on the show that it kind of annoyed me was the the backstage interview with Jericho. Um, um, that mostly annoyed me because Sean Spears just don't do it for me. Yeah, but it, it, that bit, yeah. Uh, but the fa- fact of how repetitive it was, he, he essentially said exactly the same things that he said in the, the sit-down interview with, uh, in the sit-down face-to-face with uh, MJF the week before. It's clear he's trying to uh, 
pimp some more merch with the whole kind of God of War, God of Thunder thing. It's so kind of in your face. Yeah, we get it. You, your new merch line is going to be about how you are part of the Greek mythology and you're the Hercules. We get it. You, it's it's in our face. I thought it was supposed to be going on fucking tour. Mm, well, maybe after he loses his first labor of Jericho to Sean Spears. <laughs> Jesus. Well... But I mean, here's is that a labor? Thing. I mean, it's a labor turning up to have to fight Sean Spears, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's a labor for all of us. Um, and the main event was Ethan Page and Darby Allen. And I just want to shout out Ethan Page really quickly. I love seeing Ethan Page in the main event on cable. Like, that is so great as somebody who's a Page mark. Like, I, I'm so happy for him. Um, fuck Darby Allen. I've already said that. But the big takeaway for the show, they got over a million viewers. Going up against game four of the NBA finals. Um, They got a good mark in their demos, which they always do. But like, that's a great rating for them. Mm -hmm. And if they can build on that and and get a million consistently. um... And if they can, can, like, given how strong the show was last night, like, you know, we had a handful of criticisms for them. But given how strong that show was, like... I see very little reason why the people who tuned in for last night's show wouldn't tune in for next week's show. Yeah, I mean, even even the stuff that we've really kind of skimmed over. I mean, there's a, a Sammy Guevara uh, essential squash match against Wheeler. And Utah. Sammy Guevara is going to get another big pop because they're still in Texas next week, and La Sex God is from Houston. So like, and and then we had the Matt and uh, Matt Harding Christian Cage match, and we got the. Uh, the um, Jurassic Express coming out, uh, so that yeah, that it looks like they're up. setting up a thing with Jungle Boy versus Christian, which mm-hmm. will be interesting. Uh, one thing I really did like was Miro's uh, kind of little promo. Yeah, Miro, he's I think hitting has, on all cylinders right now. Yeah, when he first came into AEW, I think he struggled with not being scripted. Obviously, with uh, him being uh, heavily scripted in in uh, WWE, I think he really I think struggled. That- I think that, I think also, I think he's less comfortable without Lana. Mm -hmm. And, like, even though she's not part of AEW, now that she's gone from WWE, she can at least be with him. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows how much more comfortable he is to have her around. Yeah, but that whole promo where he was saying he was... uh... Uh, he was the redeemer. Uh, he forgave everybody we destroyed. And that new strap for that TNT title. Oh, my so God. I, want, I hated that TNT title with a vengeance when, it first, uh, when they first brought it out. But on that white strap, it pops. That is Sorry, a With the green towel. accents? Mm. That's a gorgeous belt now. Mm. Uh, I also love the way he ended that promo. I'm willing to... Or, uh, willing to sacrifice their lives for the champion. And as your champion, I'm willing to sacrifice yours. Yes, exactly. Uh, then there was a, a, a um, fair to middling match with uh, Penelope Ford and uh, Yuka Zaka decided. I've just decided Penelope Ford is real not very good in the ring. She's real not very good in the ring. She's fun. She's competent. She's not terrible. She just... Real Dece, and with, um, shit, I'm going to mispronounce her name. Yuka. Yuka. With Yuka, 
they to me they just continue to not present the joshis well no and i think that's an issue because they don't always have access to them uh they're off doing uh the thing in stardom and stuff like that so they try and make it a big deal when when one of the joshis is available or the return of uh insert joshi name here but if you're not going to have that return against a, a, maybe a higher calibre wrestler, it's not going to pop as much. Uh, so that was a, a low point for me. Um, the Ethan Page stuff I thought was good. That storyline, as much as you dislike... They tell a great story in the match. Yeah, as much as you uh, are not a fan of Darby Allen, and I totally understand why, um, Ethan Page is a star. He's yeah, he an is. absolute star. Yeah, he is. And they, they told a great story in the match. And as much as I hate fucking Darby Allen, the right person won. Hmm. Did it though? No. I don't but... think that he did. Uh, I think Darby's getting to the point where it's he's kind of like lol Cody wins. Um, how many times? My thing is, is just Ethan where are Page they going, going with to Darby? lose to him? Yeah. My thing is just where are they going with Darby? Like what what is this building to? Because like. I know some people are saying, oh, he's so over. Obviously, he's got to get a world title run at some point. And I'm just like, does he, though? And I'm not even talking about look like a champion, because you can miss me with that shit. Rey Mysterio was world champion. Like, I, I, I don't give a shit what you look like as far as that goes. I'm just talking, like, do you really think the dog has that kind of legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially if you compare him to someone who's got, who gets a very similar pop, uh, Jungle Boy, he well, yeah, looks he, like the kind of person who, who you could see as a AEW world champion. Well, and you know what I think an ultimate difference between a Jungle Boy and a Darby Allen is? Every Darby Allen promo is the exact same. <laughs> Every brooding, black yeah, and white. Yeah, I've had Stick it hard. I've, yeah, I've I've slept in my car. Uh, I've been homeless. Yeah, it's but he he gets pops and. I think sometimes he gets pops because he's he's AEW, essentially AEW born and bred. He's never been in the WWE system, so he's the the kind of poster boy for disliking WWE. I mean, I maybe, maybe I could see that. I could see some of it is also just the group think mm-hmm. of it all. You know, one thing about being in a hot crowd is even the snarkiest smark is more likely to do what you're supposed to do with a hot crowd. Because if everybody's cheering who you're supposed to cheer and booing who you're supposed to boo, like you just get caught up in doing your actual job. Yeah. You know, and, and let me repeat that your actual job. Yes. You as an audience member at a wrestling show do have a job. Like this is not just sit on your fucking ass and look at your phone the entire time. You have a fucking job. We complain about hot crowds and uh, piping in crowd noise and blah, blah, blah. And we've been talking about how Dynamite's so refreshing because it had such a hot fucking crowd. That is your job as the fan in the audience. Cheer the good guy. Boo the bad guy. Good-natured chirping. Like That's what you're supposed to fucking do. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but all in all, uh, I think... It was a, an outstanding show. Really outstanding entertaining show. from from top to bottom. Uh, a couple of lulls, which we we are going to get that because we see behind the kind of uh, yeah. the rose-coloured glasses. But if you're a dad in the World AW fan, you you had a hard-on 
all the way through this show. Oh, absolutely. It was a phenomenal show, great rating, and something for them to build on moving into the future in spite of its lulls and its flaws and some questionable decisions. Um, (laughs) Overall, they're doing great. And most importantly, for any wrestling program, and like we'll get to this in our next segment when we talk about Money in the Bank, um, most importantly, the... It, the key feuds are the ones that are hitting. Yeah. Your world title feud is hitting. Your tag team champions are hitting right now. Your mid-card scene. Like, the the key feuds are all hot. Yeah. The the Britt Baker stuff is bang on point. So, yeah. yeah You're they, cooking with grits. They, they're nailing everything that they need to nail to keep you tuning in week after week. Yeah. So, you know, on the other hand... The same cannot always be said for our friends in Titanland, but before we go over everything that's going to be going on with Money in the Bank, we're going to take a quick ad break. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. So, Mags, there's a pay-per-view coming up this weekend. There is. Um, And and this time yesterday, I was actually hot for this pay-per-view. And then today... I'm not so happy. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of been that kind of thing. I'm really hoping that maybe SmackDown tomorrow will um, get me back in the mood, you know, being the first show back for them in front of a live audience, and it's a sold-out show, and Houston's usually a hot crowd. Um, So I'm really hoping that maybe that'll really get me going. But... uh, yeah, Money in the Bank is coming up, and it's looking pretty mids. Yeah, I mean, I was on the Bob Culture show yesterday for predictions, and it was around that time that WrestleVotes had put out a tweet saying that WWE are really trying to push this as a huge show, back with crowds and expect some some really cool big things. So my man went wild, and I was coming up with different kind of storylines coming out of the, the matches, uh, and then the 
the bomb bombshells dropped today about Goldberg, which is uh, about as fun as a fart in church. And yeah, then, uh, for those of you that don't know, Sean Ross Sapp <laughs> reported from Fightful. Um, rumor has it that Goldberg's coming back to set up a match with Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. Hooray! Because you know, Raw wasn't suffering enough. Because we all want more of William Goldberg. So the only In bright side deal. to it, the only bright side to it is he's apparently contracted for two pay-per-view matches a year. This will be number two. So mercifully, we shouldn't have to fucking see him again. But he also uh, plays that creative control card. So it's very likely that he wins. Oh, Jesus, please no. Please no. But please no. We, we haven't got there yet, so let's hope that that is all a vicious, horrific rumour, and let's look at the matches and, and, and what could potentially happen. Like, the other rumoured return for SummerSlam, I'm honestly okay with, because the other rumoured big name to return for SummerSlam is John Cena, and he's been gone long enough that, like, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, he's like... A really good, fun comedy actor. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Money in the Bank is Sunday, and it's looking kind of mid. We'll do what we always do, and we'll go down the card um, in match order. So I'm going to start with the bottom of the card. And for the Raw Tag Team Championships, we've got AJ Styles and Amos versus the Viking Raiders. Um. Raw sucks. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to this... pick... Go on. I was just going to say, Raw sucks. I'm going to pick the Viking Raiders. Just fuck it. Something different. Okay. Uh, you're wrong. Uh, AJ and almost retain. This actual match was actually meant to be on Raw, but it only got bumped to the pay-per-view because Bailey got injured and they needed a, a filler match. Um, yeah, I think this is building to RK Bro. Versus AJ and almost uh, so backing rate is a mate weight in this match. I mean, you're probably right. I just Raw is so bad. It's just so bad. Um, the next match on the card, if we're going in the match order as it's listed, is surprisingly our tribal chief defending his title against the rated R superstar Edge, and like. I mean, there ain't no fucking way Edge is winning this match, right? Okay. I mean, the way I saw this match going, it's going to actually telegraph uh, one of the the results to one of the Money in Bank matches. I see um, the winner of the men's Money in the Bank cashing in on this match and Roman still winning and coming out. So I had Seth Rollins winning the men's men's, uh, Money in the Bank, cashing in. Uh, him costing uh, Edge that that elusive one on one match with uh, with uh, Roman, just like Daniel Bryan did. That leads to uh, Seth versus Edge at, uh, um, at, uh, uh, yeah, at SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Yeah, yep. SummerSlam. Uh, and then we get Roman standing tall as the head uh, head of the table. And the last thing that happens on the show is John Cena. John Cena's music. Exactly. (laughs) Crowd will go fucking ham sandwiches. Um, 
I mean, I'm here for it. I mean, the point remains, obviously, ain't no fucking way the Tribal Chief is losing the title. I will say this until he he loses it, but I want Roman Reigns to hold that title until WrestleMania Hollywood when he faces The Rock. So that is another 18 months away, and I am here for it. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'll I'll ride the wave. I'll ride the wave. (laughs) Um, Next match on the card, they've got Rhea Ripley, who's not hitting at all, defending the title against Charlotte. I... I feel like Rhea's going to still win, even though she's not hitting at all. I I just feel like she's going to win and, like, maybe face Becky? Maybe. Um, for me, I, this is a curse now on this Raw women's title. Uh, the champion before, Asuka, was, was an afterthought. She was a bit part player in the, in the, the Alexa Bliss storyline. Uh, that's how bad uh, the, the champion is looked at on, on Raw. Rhea has so struggled with character work for me um, since being called up. Um, she's in this kind of tweener mode, which doesn't work for her at all. Um, I feel that because we're going back to crowds, I feel that we're going to get a Charlotte win just because Charlotte as champion works better than Rhea as champion and a Charlotte versus Becky or Sasha or whoever match sounds better than a Rhea versus Becky, Sasha or whoever match. So I think Charlotte is getting another title run. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, I wouldn't hate it just because you're, like Rhea's just not working. It's just mm-hmm. not. And it's one thing for it to not be working in an empty arena, but it's it's a whole nother thing for it to not be working in like an arena full of people. Correct. And I don't want the crowd to turn on Rhea, and if she's the champ and has to be on every week while it's not hitting like this, I think that's what will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, next match of the card is uh, Bobby Lashley defending the WWE title against Kofi Kingston. First time in history two black men face each other for the WWE title. Mm, interesting. Pity that one of them is just going to absolutely squash the other. Uh, which is sad. I mean, Kofi deserves better than to be squashed. Damn it! Do you remember how hot Kofi Mania was? It was Kofi so was damn good. Kofi, it was, Kofi was perpetually over. Yeah, uh, but this is a, another notch for for the champion, Big Bobbert. Uh, and now you've ruined my day by telling me that uh, we're going to get Bill Goldberg. I was really hoping for uh, Brock Lesnar's music to hit. Here's the thing. I fucking hate Brock Lesnar, but I still would have preferred Brock Lesnar to Goldberg. I'd prefer Gilbert to Goldberg. Facts! <laughs> Facts. Somebody call him up. Shit. Um, all right. So now we've got our two Money in the Bank ladder matches. Even though they're not ordered this way on the card, for the sake of discussion, because you've already given your prediction on it, we'll start with the men's match. Mm-hmm. In the men's match, we've got Ricochet versus Johnny Drip Drip versus Riddle versus Drew McIntyre versus Big E versus Kevin Owens versus King Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Now on paper, this is a real good fucking match. I mean, I'd, I'd argue that that's the most talent-stacked Money in the Bank we've had 
in a long time. I I would also say that like, you know, as much as I fucking hate Riddle, his name isn't the one that sticks out as like, what is his, what is this person doing here? Ricochet's name sticks out real, real bad. You know in, he's in there this for the list. spot. He's I the know spot. he's there for the spot, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got Johnny Drip Drip and Seth Rollins that you can use for that spot. And if we're being real from like a kayfabe standpoint, Mustafa Ali would make more sense and would mm-hmm. also be able to do the fucking spot. Umberto Carrillo would have probably made as much sense. Uh, well, I'm just saying from a name standpoint and from a cachet standpoint, I'm just like, what is Ricochet doing mm-hmm. with I mean, these names? Even if I, if my Seth Rollins prediction is wrong, you can rule out half of this, uh, of half oh, of yeah. this straight oh, away. Oh, yeah, and Me. not even because they're garbage but because like they're people that are clearly involved in other things yeah like I mean, riddle is clearly doing other things they're not going to pull the ru- uh, the trigger on jomo as much as i would love for them to do so they're just not going to do it mm-hmm. um if it's not rollins the only honestly if it's not rollins the only three people i could see it being are drew mcintyre biggie or kevin owens Really, uh, Kevin Owens is someone who I would rule out straight away just because he's got nothing really going on. Uh, Rick Shane, Never out. rule out Kevin yeah, Owens. It, it, it is a, a bum move, but... Uh, no, Rick I Shane's don't gone. mean it as a bum move. I mean it as, like, a, if you look at it historically, KO is that person who just, like, pops back into the title picture when you least expect it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I understand that, but as of now, I think this this storylines in this match that that sort of makes sense. So for me, Ricochet's out, uh, yeah. Morrison's out. Yeah. Um, Riddle's Owens. doing the RK bro thing. So now that for me is a qualifier. He could win because on Raw Talk he said if he wins the money in the bank, he's going to use it to cash in for the tag titles for him and RK Bro. So that could be a qualifier. Uh, Drew McIntyre, as much as I appreciate what he's done in the last 18 months, really carrying the company, he needs to be out of the title picture for a, a little while. Oh, I could see him winning the briefcase, though, for this reason. It will facilitate his move to smack. To smack down. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that, that is why I could see him very realistically winning the briefcase is I could absolutely see him winning and then showing up on Friday and just being like, I'm not going after Bobby. I'm going after you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to rule out as well Big E. And it hurts me to my soul to do I that. mean, he's lost all his momentum. Yeah, plus if he wins, he's just going to be fed to Roman. And if anybody doesn't need that right now, it's Biggie. Um, so for me, Riddle is a, a potential, but I can't get past Seth Rollins winning it. I mean, I could see it being time for Seth. I absolutely could see it being time for Seth. I'm going to predict Drew McIntyre because I do think the plan is to move McIntyre to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I think that this is the easiest way for them to facilitate that move happening, like right the fuck now, as opposed to further down the road. Um, so that's going to be my prediction. I'll take Mac. 
Um, all right, so that only leaves us with the women's Money in the Bank match, and we'll list the competitors, but before we do, like, in the canon of women's Money in the Bank matches, this is probably the the field that pops off the page the least. Mm-hmm. So in the women's Money in the Bank match this year, we've got returning contenders, Asuka and Naomi, who are traditional Money in the Bank mainstays at this point we've got alexa bliss former money in the bank winner yep we've got nikki ash we've got Liv morgan zelina vega and the women's tag team champions natalia and tamina which makes no sense whatsoever why have have a tag title uh, and then both the champions are in the the money in the bank ladder match for a, a world title shot. Just makes no sense whatsoever. Because well, I mean, the answer is because they released a bunch of women and they don't have enough that anymore. Is, that is also very very true. But this here's was the actually, real reason. Well, no, here's the real fucking reason. They refused to call up my girl Io Shirai. The I mean, they called up. They called up shots. Money eh? in the bank. They called up shots, eh? They did call up shots. And Tony Storm. And Tony. They're clearly building up for a debut for Tony, though. Yeah. But for me, yesterday, I was excited for this match because of one little caveat. There was a to-be-determined. Yeah, and a surprise entrant is always fun, especially because there are so many possibilities and there mm-hmm. were some great rumors. Like there were rumors Sonya Deville could be ready to come back soon. They could have, it could have been Sasha. It could have been Becky. Like there's so many people that are exciting names that it could have been that even if the like undesirable reveal of Tamina happened at the show, mm-hmm. you'd have still been anticipating the match leading up to it. But no, this is what we got. Yeah. Exactly. So yesterday, my prediction was whoever the TBD was, uh, because that felt like a cool story. And now it has to be Liv Morgan, because she's the only one with a a decent, coherent storyline going into this. Asuka has nothing. Naoma has nothing. Alexa Bliss is clearly involved with the the whole Lily stalking uh, stuff, so she has no reason to win it. Nikki Cross is a, a, a possibility, but after She's last my year's pick. Uh, yeah, but after last year's kind of debacle with uh, with Otis and how they the char- that the character change is why she's my pick. Okay, I mean I understand it, but I don't want them to do the same kind of thing that they did with Otis, where yeah we'll go with a fun pick, and yet we don't have a storyline to do all the way down the line. Oh well, he'll just drop it to the Miz, and the Miz will catch in instead. I hope they don't do that with Nikki Cross. If she wins, I'll be, I will absolutely love it. But my pick has to be Liv Morgan because she worked so damn hard to get into the match. Uh, she had to beat Carmella over and over again. She beat Zelina Vega. So the, the storyline's built in for her. I would have had it as Sonya Deville coming in and winning it and, and basically another kind of that, uh, sticking it to Liv Morgan. But now it's Tamina. Yeah, she's, ooh, she's ooh, a spot. Actually, no, I have a different prediction. I have a different prediction. It's not Nikki Ash. This is some fantasy booking on my part, so bear with me here. Bear with me here. Naomi wins. Naomi comes to SmackDown to join the head of the table, and she bashes Bianca over the head with the briefcase. 
I mean, Naomi versus Bianca would be fire. I'm here for it because Naomi joins the family, obviously. But also, just I don't think I've seen heel Naomi since like she was teaming with Sasha and Tamina. And like, I'd be here for this like little character refresh. And it would give her a good reason to vent some of her current frustrations with the audience in terms of like y'all blame me for like shit I don't even fucking control mm-hmm. I mean they forced her off social yeah, media y'all forced me off social I'm up here trying to spread my glow and y'all put it out it's horrible y'all killed the glow wrestling, wrestling fans are dicks absolutely and it, it would feed so perfectly into a heel turn storyline it would feed mm-hmm. so perfectly into y'all killed the glow. You don't mm-hmm. get to glow no more. Yeah. Now I'm at the I'm the second yeah. in command at the table. <laughs> yeah. I'm the reason that Jimmy bent the knee. I'm the reason that Jimmy bent the knee. I mean, if WWE wanted to be really kind of in your face, they could have her coming out with like a uh, a bottle of wine. Saying this, I'm the reason Jimmy drunk drive. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm talking Jimmy joining the rest of the family and getting on board. And also, also, if they really want to telegraph it, get Homegirl one of them tracksuits. Mm-hmm. Get Homegirl one of them tracksuits. I would be so down with a night Oh, oh, I'm just like, just fantasy booking all of this and her being with the bloodline and like saying that she was the reason that Jimmy joined up with Roman and bent the knee. She helped him see the light. Like, oh, oh, it just, it would be so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, that's my, I'm going to make that my prediction because I want to put it into the ether in hopes that it will manifest. So WWE, if you are listening, book that. (laughs) Gonna manifest it into existence. (laughs) Oh, shit. So, um, but yeah, the rumored returns at SummerSlam are John Cena and Bobby Lashley, and we are just not here for it at all. Cena, I would be happy to have I mean, oh yeah, John Cena, I'm here for it, Bill Goldberg. Nah. I'm I'm good for Goldberg. I'm here for Cena, not for Goldberg. Nope, nope, no thank you. I'll pass. Um anything else we need to hit the people with before we get out of here? Yeah, there's one thing that's happened over the last day or so that I wanted yeah. to bring hit up. It with it. Um so when AW returned to crowds last week, um there were a lot of uh uh, people who are uh, have come into contact with over Twitter in the crowd, um, and there was a certain uh, uh, blonde-haired Russian called Exenia. I don't know if you're aware of uh, Exenia. Um, she does a, a lot of uh, good work on YouTube. She's recently started doing more work with uh, uh, Botchamania and with Sean Ross Sapp. Um, yep, I know exactly the story you're talking about, and I'm glad that you're bringing it up. Go ahead. So everybody's uh, favorite kind of a uh, relic from wrestling. The cuck uh, himself. Yes, James E. Cornette uh, with his uh, 
the experience. Um, he commented on the, the the fans that were in attendance, and he essentially said this was a uh, a lot of fat, slovenly, uh, overweight, basement dwelling fans, apart from one female. Um, and he uh, he goes on to say she has uh, a, ha- a hair shaved in, uh, on half of her head, a nose the size of a cucumber. I mean, he was horrific. He, vile. He was just disgustingly vile. Uh, and thankfully, the community uh, came together and uh, and basically give Jim Cornette uh, what for over it. I Not said that it on bothered. Twitter. I'll said I said it on Twitter, and I'll say it again here. Nobody who cucks themselves out to their wife should be on any platform talking about because he went on to talk about the young bucks had couldn't draw pussy for nothing or whatever. And it, first of all, first of all, you're disgusting. Like that's horrible, first horrible of emotion. all. Like the fact that you call the fact that you would refer to women at all as drawing pussy is disgusting but like nobody who cucks themselves out for their wife should talk about anybody else's ability to be drawing pussy because mm-hmm. i'm damn sure certain that his tennis racket ass ain't ever drawn a fucking pussy in his life i totally totally agree uh and whether you um are a fan of Xenia's or not, the fact that he he singled her out and and threw this abuse at her just shows what a low life creep that he really really is. What and for the, the fuck difference does it make what her hair looks like? No, or anybody? Not Nothing. Like, like you troglodyte ass. Like you, he's sitting there making fun of the AEW fans, talking about them being a bunch of fat, ugly slob, blah blah blah, trying to play off stereotypes. But motherfucker, comments like that about Xenia in the crowd are exactly why the stereotype is that wrestling fans are a bunch of gross mouth breathers. Because you're doing some mouth breather shit. And he looks like a mouth breather anyway. He he is exactly what he described. He's overweight. He looks like he lives in his mum's basement. Um, he's the prototypical... Uh, kind of uh, stereotype of a wrestling fan. So the fact he thinks he can throw around these uh these comments um is yeah, it's 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 disgusting. Absolutely well, disgusting. What makes it worse what makes it worse is like it's all just because he's fucking bitter. Mm-hmm. That's the entire reason for all of it is just that he's so bitter. He's so bitter about the ways in which the business has changed and the success that AEW and other companies have been having because of these changes and how it's not what it was 30 fucking years ago. And I will keep coming back to things like when people like him or like when The Undertaker said his shit about how tough the locker room was, I'll take a soft locker room full of video game players Mm -hmm. and an evolved wrestling product where the performers live into their 50s and 60s regularly. Correct. Any day of the week. Yep. And it kind of reminds me of the 
the comments that Undertaker came out after he uh, he quit when he was saying that uh, wrestling locker rooms have gone soft. And then um, um, I think it was Xavier Woods said something like, "Yeah, but we're at least now we're surviving till our fifties and sixties." Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather that than uh, people turn up to the show with uh, with a and a twenty four pack of beer and a gun. Um, or so, doing lines of fucking coke before they yeah. go out to the ring. Exactly, exactly. Like, no, just, yeah, you're right. Things are different. Yeah, you're right. Things have changed. Change is a good thing. Mm-hmm. The fact is, he's a dinosaur, a relic of uh, of when wrestling was uh, was shady and seedy. And that's what he's he uh, harkens back to. But now... Anybody can be a wrestling fan. Man, woman, gay, straight, bar, whatever. Don't let people like Jim Cornette dictate to you whether you uh, are a wrestling fan. If you like AEW, you fucking go and watch AEW. Enjoy it. If you like uh, Ring of Honor, NWA, New Japan. I mean, if you like Ring of Honor, we're going to question. We're going to have some questions. Not because of the product itself, but because... I mean... There that's is another. Coaster. That's a roller coaster you riding. But Ring of Honor nailed a great match this week with uh with the Briscoe brothers fighting each other in a cinematic match. If you haven't seen that, go and watch because that you know match is fire. Those. You know I won't watch those cretins. <laughs> no, but I mean other fans may. Yeah, uh, other it, fans it was... might watch that tag team. <laughs> I won't, but you might. Fuck them. Fuck them boys. Homophobic assholes. But yeah, if you are a wrestling fan, enjoy what you want. Don't let someone like Jim Cornette tell you what you can Absolutely. and cannot enjoy. That's Absolutely. the facts. Absolutely. As the incomparable Brian Zane says, like what you like, don't be a dick. Yeah, correct. So, um, Mags, tell the good people about all your things. Plug your shit. Tell them where they can find you. <sighs> So, you can follow me on Twitter at PodfatherMags. I do way too many uh, podcasts and content that any human man should ever do. I mean, I do more than goddamn Ray Cash, and that guy's a machine. Uh, so, you can follow me. Uh, you can find me all over Chairshot uh, with um, Five Rounds and with a change in attitude, and also with uh, uh, Five Rounds Fallout, which is, uh, took the place of uh, head trauma until Ray is back from assignment. I also do Radio Techers with my good buddy Tanner and Chain Wrestling with uh, with Sar. So, yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. If you've had a podcast or you've he- even heard of a podcast or even had the idea of a podcast, I've been on that podcast. This is the facts. And a lot of that content, as Mag said, is available right here on the Chairshot Radio Network, where we invite you to enjoy your day the Chairshot way by always using your head. Um, go on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the Chairshot. Pick up a shirt. Jesus did the job. Hashtag journalism. Baron Corbin sucks. We got all kinds of shit. Pick up a shirt. Help Greg pay the bills. Um, as always, y'all, you can find my perpetually missing brothers in arms. Carl is on Twitter at OutsiderCurvin, K-E-R-V-I-N. Rance is on Twitter at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. I am on Twitter at Dr. Smores, D-R Smores. And the show is on Twitter at Outsider's Edge, C-S. 
Check out the Chairshot Radio Network at the Chairshot Media. Always use your head. And remember, y'all, we here at the Outsider's Edge are some increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything we can try to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to hit you with some hard facts like, get fucking help, Michael Elgin. Get help. And other times we're going to hit you with some of that good shit. Like, Fighter Fest Night 1 was that good shit, y'all. It really was. It was. But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And you have got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, Mags has given me permission from over in England. And we just don't give up. Fuck. Fuck them. Thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all next time. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.